It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hadit podcast on this 15th day of January, 2015. Uh, We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, today we're going to discuss the uh, Veterans uh, Disability Codes, and uh, if any of you have any questions or comments, please call in. Our call-in number is 347-237-4819. Now, that call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819. So, if you have a question or comment, uh, please uh, call in. Uh We'll do our best to answer your questions. Uh, John, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm just fine and dandy this morning, Drew. How are you doing? Well, uh, once I get awake, I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. It does a better good sleep in once in a while, doesn't it? <laughs> it does do that. I've been doing that quite a bit. Uh, uh, we're... We're going to, what's the deal with all these codes? I mean, you know, uh, every ailment has a a code attached to it, I guess, so they don't have to write it all out. They can just put numbers to it. But a lot of veterans don't don't understand these codes and and the purpose of them. so, uh, and and I think a lot of times a uh, veteran gets the wrong code attached to him somehow. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I'm, uh, so a veteran's got to know uh, here on Hatter or in the 38 CFRs, you have a list of the codes. But there are more codes. Uh, so. Uh, we'll, we'll hit on that a little bit too. Yeah. But uh, well, <clears throat> the outside medical world calls these codes ICD-9 codes, which are uh, each disability or each medical issue has has its own separate and distinct code. And there's literally thousands upon thousands of them that they use for different issues. You know, from the common head cold to hemorrhoids, each one's got its own specific code, and that's what they handle with billing and for insurance and things like that that they use in order to keep from putting down your condition on a piece of paper making it a HIPAA violation, so they have to use codes. Everything's got its codes. I mean, even the police department uses codes. Uh, the military uses codes, and if it wasn't for us breaking the Japanese code World War II, we'd be eating sushi and speaking Japanese right now. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. But the VA's got a, they don't really call them codes, they call them a numerical index. And uh, so the VA has roughly 4,900 listed on their on their site when there's thousands upon thousands of issues. And uh, sometimes that can be a, a quagmire for the veteran, put them in quite a pickle because a lot of VA disabilities are rated. Uh, they don't have a listing for the disability. They have to uh, rate your condition to the disability that closely approximates the schedule for rating disabilities. So if you've got an issue that uh, uh, in a lung that's not uh, on the list on the schedule and they have to rate it, then they rate it as a uh, one that closely measures what you have. And uh, sometimes this could be a uh, little bit of a quagmire because the severity scales could be low with something like that, too. You know, if you've got a issue where the max rating is 60% for something, that's probably what you're going to get, even though your condition might warrant a higher rating. You understand, Drew? Yeah, that gives them an opportunity to actually lowball some of these claims, don't it? Yeah, but this is, uh, remember, this is old information. <laughs> 
I mean, it's just, you know, this came out years and years ago before before the ICD-9 stuff probably even was even thought about. Well, uh, couldn't a a, uh, a veteran uh, actually use some of the ICD-9 codes? No, uh, you use it every day. If you got Social Security, you can go to outside of practice. You could use ICD-9 codes. And I'm sure the VA, they also use ICD-9 codes to put, you know, for billing and stuff. Because they're not going to bill under a VA code. They're going to bill under an ICD-9 code because they won't get paid if they don't. That's correct, yeah. Uh, then why don't a uh, VA just go ahead and utilize ICD-9 codes in the veterans' claims? Uh, that's a good question. I know Social Security thinks they do, but the VA's got their own laws, their own rules. Remember, this is a this is the government. They've got their own set of rules. Uh, you know, even VA's veterans' law. This whole thing is a different issue. You know, it's not uh, it's not standard law. It's not standard law. It's veterans' law. You know, it's kind of like the military and the UCMJ. Yeah, you know, it's kind of separate. It's separation is what it is. There's two ways of doing things. Uh, the vet, I mean, the VA's way or the wrong way. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I mean, it's not really a bad thing. I mean, you know, you have to, you know, there's like five thousand, there's forty nine hundred different codes. What I can see, and uh, they're probably missing a couple, several thousand that's on the actual list of uh, comparison to the ICD nine codes, but. Uh, the Title 38 Part 4, you know, tries to cover every issue. And you look at the schedule for any disabilities and go in and try to find out what's, you know, what's what. And Because, see, they have to go off this because this is law. It's written, mandated, they use it. Well, I know because Dr. Batch touched, touched on this slightly uh, when we had him on the last yeah. time uh, about the... Uh, ICD-9 codes and and uh, how many more of those? Uh, well, it was an outstanding number. <laughs> yes, it was, and uh, uh, he utilizes those uh, dealing with the VA a lot of times. Uh, mm -hmm. as, uh, so uh, these codes are are really important. You have the proper code assigned to you that that's assigned to your particular disability. And I yeah, think that's a lot agree. of times that uh, that would be critical, wouldn't it, John? Yeah, that's imperative, actually. But you know, um, I want to make sure there's kind of uh, some confusion, I guess, on these codes. Um, the VA's codes are, are disability numeric index codes, and that's what your disability is. That's what it says. You know, if you've got, uh, for example, if you've got uh, osteomyelitis or acute subacute or chronic osteomyelitis, your disability code is going to be 5,000. And if you've got uh, uh, bone and joint issues, it's 5,001. It goes all the way down, A, B, C, D. That's how they started their codes out, alphabetical order. Now, don't get these codes confused with the ICD-9 codes. Okay, uh, these ICD-9 codes are, uh, just, VA uses them, but they use them in billing. They don't use them, you know, for uh, writing claims, which I think they should, but they don't. According to this, they've got their own code schedule they use, and it allows them to write to the, you know, it's all, it all ties in together. The M21 actually is, is probably listed off this. It's all, you know, it's their system. But the ICD-9 codes are totally different. Um, there is a group, uh, somebody mentioned the other day whether the VA did their own coding. Now, having worked at a VA, uh, I can tell you that the VA has got its own coders. They've got their own transcriptions and coders, and they uh, it's a big business for the VA. They guys make pretty good money because they know these codes. And they take the information and for insurance billing and stuff and put the codes on there and then make sure everything's sent through so they get paid. You know, and uh, believe me, if a code's messed up going to the insurance company, they're going to 
they're going to sit on it and stomp on it and send it back because they don't want to pay their money up as much as the VA does, you know. That's right. So they have to do it right, yeah. And, uh, of course, that's kind of like a blind leading the blind. But but, uh, that's what they are in a nutshell. Um, This is basically is billing information for the ICD-9. I can go on this list all day long, but you're talking thousands upon thousands of numbers and sub-numbers. It kind of looks like Morse code to me, you know, when they put it all together. Uh, you can look at your uh, paperwork. If you go to a specialist, and uh, most specialists do a sheet on you, or doctors do a sheet on you, and he writes down a diagnosis on that sheet, and there's usually a code attached to it. That's the ICD-9 code. So they'll scan that thing, or whatever they got to do in the computer, and they'll send that thing in the interest company, and it'll, it'll be at the interest company before you get home. <laughs> <laughs> That's how fast yeah, it is. So. Yeah, I think... Uh... I know you're right about that uh, uh, because these doctors, I tell you, they pay good money to get these insurance papers all filled out, and there's evidently uh, quite a few of them. It's pretty extensive. Yeah, well, Dr. Bash touched on a good topic last night. He started talking about the uh, uh, disabled benefits questionnaire. Which I call the disc, uh, I call that the uh, discombobulated benefits questionnaire, uh, and there's it's too big, and a doctor's only has so much time to see you, and uh, you know put your information down there. Um, if he could use coding and things like that and put a severity level, then that would take a lot of uh, worryness out of the system. You know, and uh, of course the VA wants to, uh, I don't know how they want to do this, but I'm sure that uh, VA doctors don't like it, you know, regional office got this big old document they got to fill out for their veterans to, you know, for their claims. You know, they've already took uh, hands-on, hands-on, hands-on to them, took it away from them. Now their keypads on the computer where they're looking at you, talking to you, trying to figure out what's wrong with you. So... Uh, and they've taken away a lot of different things in the VA for the doctors. That's the reason there's such a doctor shortage. So there's a national doctor shortage, but I'm going to say it's probably it's probably better at better in the outside world than it is within the VA. But uh, these DBQs are a pain in the butt for doctors to do, and they don't want to do them, you know. So then again, there's doctors outside that'll do them. Did get my one of my doctors to do one, and it was uh, I think six, seven pages long. Yeah. But I noticed uh, after he done it, he skipped a lot of a lot of them questions on there. And well, they were done it. Well, I don't know. Evidently, he didn't think they were, so <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, exactly. I, I'd send it in to my attorney, you know, but... Oh. Back in World War Two, when uh, the U.S. was, invade, was invading France and heading toward Germany, our troops uh, come into these towns, and Sherman tanks were rolling in, and they looked up they seen these big old rows of teeth looking like stuff around these towns. And it was kind of a roadblock set up to keep the tanks from going through. And uh, I think that's kind of like these DBQ forms. I think they're a roadblock. You know, once they get situated in the system, I think they're beneficial. But, uh, you know, that, it's too complicated for some vets to do this. Well, it is, really. Uh, yeah. And uh, a lot of the questions on there probably are not pertinent to what, what needs to be answered. It's uh, like asking you going to a restaurant and imagining what kind of oil you want put in your car. <laughs> That's true, too. Well, some restaurants have that huge That's what I 
something you have that vegetable they have used vegetable oil and they uh, you look at that situation there you can if you got a diesel you could probably filter that stuff up and burn that stuff if you had to. No. These colds are you know, this I mean, it is what it is on your colds. I mean, it's your disability index colds and that that's related to you for the VA. And like I said again, I want to restate this. If you don't have an actual list of disability on the list, they have to take your disability and assign it to the most appropriate code. And uh, so it gives them a good shot to do stuff, you know. Of course, now I don't know how the CMP examiners looked at and you know, use that code. They don't really use it at all, really. They just uh, if they get the question from the regional office and try to answer it. That's kind of funny. Tell us how you... The veteran broke his toe in 1964, and uh, and how that related, how, how how that led to him to his falling and breaking his leg while in service. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, they do have a questionnaire, and uh, uh, and they they don't want to talk outside of that questionnaire. They they want to answer each each individual question and they don't give you much opportunity to explain your issue. Mm-hmm. And they, in my opinion, they really don't care what your issue is. They want to fill out the questionnaire, get you out of there, and get the next one in. And so, mm-hmm. that's... Well, please, I like the one, please explain why they pilot the uh, found a claim for, for broken bones and 80% of his body when the plane he was flying, it was only going Mach 2 when he ejected. (laughs) (laughs) Why is he still here? Yeah. You're right about that. That's the type of... uh, I I found some of them questions uh, that they asked... uh, from the CMP examiners, uh, um, well, if it wasn't so serious for me, I thought they were hilarious. They didn't apply to me at all. But uh, that's why you don't want to get too excited about a bad CMP examination. Uh, a lot of veterans go through them. Just bear in mind, you do have the opportunity to uh, challenge that and and uh, come in with your own uh, medical expertise. Uh, uh, that's, that's why it's so important to get an IME or an IMO from an outside doctor. You can go to the uh, uh, USA Jobs website and you can look at the openings they have for some of these raiders and look at the qualifications you have to have to qualify to be a raider. It used to be one of the uh, one of the main qualification facts had to be a creative writer. And boy, they got some doozies, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, uh, some of them are pretty doggone good. I mean, you can read this stuff, and the information you're getting from the VA, uh, you say, who in the world are they talking about? Uh, Time to fight, you know. It doesn't. 
is not uh, there's no way or you know it it can be very devastating to receive with an eyeliner, especially if you're hungry. Well, it, that that's true. It, it can be devastating, and and when you realize that uh, that letter is you you look at that letter and say, "This is not me." Uh, I don't know who they're talking about, but this is not me. And, it could uh, not be you. You're you're absolutely right, and that's yeah. why it's important to to uh, counteract these CMP examiners uh, with with your own doctor, uh, and uh, you may have paper an IMO or IME, but uh, go ahead and do it. Well, that's why, each, you know, you should, you need to look up your award letters and things like that, right down there, diagnostic codes or your, or your codes that's, uh, you know, associated with your claims. And that's use those. Important. Yeah, you're right about that, John. That's very important because you can say, well, this number uh, 4950, uh, that pertains to a broken leg. I didn't mm-hmm. have a broken leg. It was my arm that was broken. <laughs> you know, they might have you totally misdiagnosed with with their crazy numbers. And well. uh, look, look <clears throat> them up and, and be certain that uh, your codes are, are uh, pertaining to you and to your particular ailments. I always state that a veteran needs to, uh, anytime you're diagnosed with a condition, Especially by the VA, you know. I mean, they've got some good doctors at the VA, and they're pretty good at what they do. But if you're diagnosed with the condition, uh, you know, if you have health insurance, I'm always a big, big, big fan of get the second opinion, and uh, that's what you need to, you know, consider because sometimes these diagnoses are wrong. And uh, you know, if you go out and you get the actual correct diagnosis, you know, by testing or whatever the you know the other doctor does. You could actually bring it to their attention, and there's a, you know, it's a change of diagnosis. You know, they can change it and get it right. But uh, that's why we have good doctors out there that can, you know, go to bat for the veterans, and they can actually make a good diagnosis. And especially a good doc, uh, you know, that can uh, that knows the VA system and, and uh, knows how they, how they do business. And it's kind of like uh, you know, even Social Security claims. You know, they send you to their little doctor and. You know, I don't know if he's, you know, you're in trouble when you walk in, there's two Coke bottles sitting there with the bottoms cut out, and he's got them on his eyes. <laughs> yeah, you're in bad trouble. Uh, and I know a lot of people, uh, individuals, had uh, quite a bit of trouble. It took them years to get their Social Security disability. Yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> Usually, uh, they'd end up having to secure uh, legal counsel to get it. Uh, I don't know too many uh, that went several years without getting an attorney. Yes. It's imperative that you consider that. If you've got a denial letter in your hand, and, uh, you know, if hindsight was 2020, I knew what I knew today 15 years ago, I'd be a lot better off been a whole lot better off. Uh, yeah, uh, me too. Uh, really, uh, the sooner you can secure an attorney, uh, the better. Uh, after you get that first denial letter, uh, at least be talking to an attorney, uh, legal mm-hmm. counsel, uh, because uh, the be able to manipulate you or attempt to manipulate you around any which way they can. They'll tell you any story. You you call them up on, what do they call it, 1-800-PEGGY. It's a peggy. uh, (laughs) They, uh, uh, they're terrible. Uh, They're... (laughs) 
Well, look at note. Note the changes in the past several years at the VA. You used to be able to call your regional office in the 2000s, early 2000s, and you used to be able to get somebody at your regional office that can discuss your claim with you. So they put these call centers in, you know, a few years ago. And now you have to call a call center, and they send a note to the regional office. And it's uh, then you've got uh, e-benefits. Don't get me started on e-benefits. Oh, boy. The only good thing about e-benefits is my health event. Um, this is another thing that's been implemented to speed up the process. But I look at all these as roadblocks. You know, and uh, I guess if you're getting bombarded with calls, the best way to do is fix for the cat call, right? Well, I tried, but. Yes, but you. I haven't done just, any good with the benefits either. Uh, it's just like. It's like the outside world, you know. I mean, if you buy a crappy product, and they got a lot of crappy products out there, you call the company up wanting to get it refunded or whatever you got to do, you're not getting through to them. Their phone lines are overloaded, but folks got the same problem you do. And you'll be on hold for 12 hours trying to get through to them. You know, so it's all, you know, it's all, uh, the world's come to a uh, uh, place where customer service and quality assurance is kind of out the window. You know, you don't have uh, the personable uh, person-to-person, hand-to-hand or helping it. Say, for example, the big box stores, you know. You go into the big box stores and you want something, you know, you look around and find somebody, good luck. You should be able to have a person help you, you know. So, uh, you know, I've had that happen before, too, and actually I've walked out of stores and things like that and went somewhere else because of that crap. But uh, that's the way the world is evolving to now. You know, everybody wants their own selection. But uh, I tell you what, the computer's a good thing. If you want something, you can order on the computer. And if you're a 100% permanent total veteran, you can actually go on the online shop to exchange online. And they'll ship the stuff right to your front door. But you better hurry and get in the house because we've got a problem with the UPS man. Some other folks still, or somebody still, or other folks uh, leaving packages in the UPS FedEx, and some dude goes behind him and picks up the packages and takes off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. You know, that was quite something. Uh, uh, I mean, they was following the UPS truck, <laughs> coming in right behind them. Well, they ought to take them guys out. Uh, well, I hope they locked them up for a good long time. Uh, Still petty uh, theft. That, that's, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah that's petty theft. Yeah. No, it's a, that's the way the world is nowadays. I mean, we've got too much stuff going on. We've got too many problems here at home, and we've got too much, too many drugs, and too many folks that are out of it. And uh, you know, and I guess they've got a, a mental condition too. I don't know what the code is for that, but uh, uh, you know, I'm sure, sure there's a medical code for people hooked on narcotics and stuff. There's got to be a code for it. They call it a medical issue. They do, yeah. I don't know what the codes are, but uh, yeah. it. Uh, these codes are important, uh, folks, so <clears throat> be be certain to uh, look at your codes and, and be, you know, be sure they pertain to you and and uh, not someone else. Uh, then just put down a list of numbers if you don't question them, and, and then, uh, you know, at least maybe you can get them on a Q claim. If they assign a wrong cork, uh, uh, code to you, I would imagine that'd be a, a Q, wouldn't it, John? No. It could be. Nope. I don't think oh, it would be. No. I mean, if the regional office does, yeah, but if it's not, if it's a, maybe, I don't think they would consider that a Q. I think that would go along the lines of misdiagnosis. So if they sign a wrong coat like that, you might go through that way. But no, Q is a very specific legal error. 
and uh, depends on how that qualifies as a Q. Q is actually harder than harder to prove than most, you know, because the reasonable minds have to make the same determination. So that's what happens with that, with cues and misdiagnosis and ICD nine codes and ICD nine codes are mainly for billing for insurance billing. What are the codes they got, Joe? Separation codes, spin codes. Oh, the spin code, yes, yes. Uh, Now, I understand them supposed to have outlawed those. I don't know if the uh, newer veterans are checking their DD 214s to see if there's been a codes uh, attached to them. Mm -hmm. But but at one time, uh, they were attaching codes to. A veterans uh, DD-214, and and uh, if you happen to get a bad code that someone didn't like you or something, for whatever reason, a joke or whatever, if he had signed you a, a bad code, uh, uh, it, it could be a code uh, uh, pertaining to, uh, might say, well, you have a difficult time working with others. So if you're in applying for a job, that's going to really look good. Uh, that guy's going to say, oh, I'm going to let this uh, this guy go on down the street. Uh, I don't need any troublemakers. And, and you know, uh, it can mean you're a, a potential uh, drug user or, or uh, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. It can... It can and it did hurt a lot of lot of veterans. It put a big hurt on a lot of veterans. It ruined their lives, actually. It did. Uh, so it can. Had, yeah. And uh, we've got a we've got a couple archive shows we did a few years ago, several years ago, with a guy named Ed Crosby. And uh, we can look those shows up and try to try to get them back in the forefront. If anybody wants to listen to them, we can search it and you can listen to that show what's bigger he does a really good job explaining what they are yes he does and uh i think he's the one that ended up taking them to court making them prove it up uh uh and won each case so uh these codes these spin codes uh although they might have quit temporarily and uh don't mean they're not back to using them. I haven't spoken to uh, too many uh, uh, veterans that just recently gotten out of service, but they need to look at their DD-214 and be certain there's not some some kind of numberings on there they don't understand. They should understand everything that the, uh, the, uh, that they put on those DD-214s. Because they went back to utilizing the spin codes, and uh, that could put a lot of veterans in jeopardy. That's uh, good, Gerald. Now we've got about uh, a couple thousand veterans running through their DG 14s right now, taking a look at them. (laughs) I hope so, because they need to, uh, doggone it, they're pretty sneaky. But, uh, uh, I don't think the DD-214, I mean, the spin codes actually come down from the VA. I think it come out of the DOD, didn't it? They're out of DOD. Look what you're doing. You look at your uh, reenlistment uh, status or your reenlistment. They've got a, if they recommend you to reenlist in service, or if you look at their area, they, you know, it'll, it'll tell you recommended for reenlistment or, or not recommended for reenlistment retention in the military. Look those codes. RE1 means preferred. Referred, you know, reenlistment. And it goes downhill from there. Yeah. 
It goes yeah, downhill from there. Right. So look that you over uh, uh, because you can get those changed, and uh, it's quite important to get them changed. I believe uh, you don't want well, to yeah. get them. But there is a directive now, I saw, that uh, I think DLDs will not do this. If you've got a discharge that uh, is other than honorable, but uh, not a bad conduct or dishonorable, if, or, you know, if you've got a, it's a first step negative discharge, okay? Let's say the general is a first step, but the general is still under honorable conditions, so... People, they're, they're looking at reviews on these because folks were diagnosed with personality disorders. Yes. And received that discharge. Uh, they're looking at some of these, and there should be overturned a bunch of them, probably upgrading to general discharges. That was in the news here a few weeks ago. You remember that, Gerald? Yes, I do. And uh, yep. it's, it's very important as soon as you recognize this on your DD 214s, be certain to get that changed. Uh, you you can uh, uh, request a uh, review board or someone to get those uh, items taken care of. Don't wait till later down the road when, uh, you know, uh, it's best to do it as soon as possible, as soon as you know it. Well, there's a, uh, I call it diagnostic. Uh, as soon as the VA receives a claim, they have a induction or a, uh, 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 a little process they do when they first receive the claim. And that process is uh, pretty simple. You know, they look at the claim, and the first thing they look at is your character of service. And they see that, uh, you know, they see that code on there. They see what you your discharge, and if it... If it's not kosher or doesn't stack up to their rules and their regulations, then that's it. It stops right there. So if you filed a claim years ago for a condition and you got a denial letter stating that your character service does not warrant any service connection or you know or, or benefits in the VA, and you get this overturned, uh, you need to you need to look and uh, look at the Title Thirty Eight. Look at the uh, effective dates and things like that because uh, that's a corrected document. So there could be some serious retro in line for a veteran that's, you know, that's been denied all these years because of that. Serious retro, especially yes, if you've got a hundred percent condition. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the sooner you you do all this. Uh, Especially to your, your newer veterans, don't wait around. Uh, get on that DD-214 and you look that thing over with a magnifying glass uh, because you don't want nothing to uh, uh, be detrimental to you later on or while you're out trying to seek, seek employment because that can be uh, critical uh, to uh if anybody out there has got an upgraded discharge, has had it upgraded, and it's a had it member, log on there and uh, let us know what they're doing. Yes. You can just uh, the forms. Yeah. Uh, Keep everybody up to date on what's going on. You know, I mean, we got 13,000 people now that had it, so uh, close to 13,000 anyways. <laughs> That's a lot well, of veterans. I, you know, that's... That would put raise a red flag for others to know what to possibly look for. I'm not yeah. familiar with the, the newer discharge uh, papers, but uh, it depends. If you're a newer veteran, it, it's important to have those recorded anyway at the courthouse. Uh, anyway, that's the first question? thing they told us to do. They were, your state of entry also keeps a record of it. So if you go in the state of Kentucky, then your D214 is going to be in Frankfurt. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. they keep that. You know, that's how 
if that's the first thing you can do is get your two fourteen. If you don't have a copy of it, you can go to your state uh, archives building, your state records building, and uh, you know show them your VA cards like that, your ID, and you can get a copy of that two fourteen. Oh, you don't have to write Saint. You don't have to write Saint Louis to get that. You know, uh, and, yeah, when I was discharged, they had us take it to the courthouse and have it recorded, and. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, if you was to lose yours, which you know a lot of guys did, a lot of veterans yep. did, and uh, as long as you go to the courthouse and get a copy of it, you can. I mean, it's never lost. I mean, even though you know there's copies in certain places, and they tend to keep copies in different places too because you know things do happen. Uh, you know, there's mysterious fires at, at the National Personal Records Center in St. Louis that, uh, you know, attempted to burn up a lot of records. Well, it, it didn't get a lot of them, but, uh, and of course, everybody calls the VA. I'm sure most everybody gets the same story. Your records were burned up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the first things they told me, and I, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I told some. I told a family, a family member that and, uh, he told him to eat to, to uh, eat some white wood pulp and crap some crap some records. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they tell everybody that. So. Yep. I don't know. It must be a thing with them. Yeah, I mean, you have to realize too. You look look at them codes. I mean. Then code. I mean, it's, I wish I could had the bill in the time to explain detail for detail, word for word, what these codes were. But you know, they changed over the years. I think we have a list of those on hand, don't we? The spin codes. No, there's a list of the. Well, if we do, it's probably in the search engine somewhere. Because it's, I want to say it's probably been eight or ten years ago, Gerald. Well, it has been a while. But, yeah. Uh, so. But they're important. Uh, it's something to keep watch for uh, on their veterans. Uh, so, uh, and even some older veterans might not be aware. Uh, uh, well, we I kind of wonder how many poor uh, veterans, especially Vietnam veterans, them guys were shafted left and right because, you know, they were out there in the field and hiding from Charlie and getting shot at in the trees and stuff and. They had a pretty serious issue, you know. A lot of them come home, and a lot of them were kicked out of service because they they, they had PTSD, you know, yes. and they snapped. So, and uh, of course now, if you got it, you know, you can look at that and see. I know, uh, I know one guy that got a uh, he got a PD diagnosis, but he got a general discharge. So, and he was a sailor, but he was aboard the barge, and uh, he had a. Uh, some health problems, and we finally got him service connected for it, and uh, it basically helped him out a whole lot. He, but he was a he was a mess. His entire life, he was a mess because of that. You know, I mean, the best paying job he could get was working at a tire shop. Well, unfortunately, there's too many veterans out there in that same situation. Uh, yep. <clears throat> Some of them seek help and, and get it taken care of, and others don't, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. If you're a Vietnam uh, veteran, yeah, I think if you're a Vietnam veteran, you're exposed to Agent Orange, and you got one of them trumped-up discharges. Uh, you need to go ahead and try to get it. I'm sure people have tried to get them over term before, but the DOD's not going to budge, you know. They're not going to budge at all, but now they're a little bit more. Uh, I'm not saying they're more lean. I'm saying they can look at things a little bit differently, um, which is it's a good thing. But um, you know, I I feel ashamed because of all the Vietnam veterans has passed away due to age orange illnesses and had bad discharges. Because there's yeah. probably a lot of them, Gerald. Yes, there are a lot of them. Uh, so it, it's a shame. Hopefully with uh, this new uh, secretary we got, uh, Bob McDonald, uh, so 
some of this will change. Let's hope it all changes for the better. But uh, he is, I, I believe, sincere in, in trying to uh, 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 improve the VA, and, and these are some of the issues let's hope he addresses. Because it does well, you know. a lot of veterans. Bob's making a pretty good name for himself. Uh, uh, he has so far, yeah. We've had some veterans, actually. I mean, this is the first time I've seen it. I mean, other folks have contacted the secretary before, and and uh, they'd get nothing. But there's been several folks that I've seen on Haddix that's contacted him and got some results. You know, yeah. he, probably didn't return the phone. he probably didn't return the phone call personally, but I'd say, you know, uh, a lot of issues were fixed with a couple of phone calls to the regional office. And uh, uh, folks, uh, contrary to popular belief, it still rolls downhill. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I know some veterans that uh, he had had staff uh, uh, members, uh, you know, his staff uh, contact them, and uh, they helped them, and and uh, which I found that was. That's what you have a staff for. You know, he's one person. He can't handle everything, but he's got staff members. And uh, if he feels it warrants it, he'll he'll have them get a hold of you. So, mm -hmm. uh, or they'll get a hold of the regional office and get things squared away for you. Uh, yeah. Which is that, that's what they're up there for. Uh, I'm I'm glad to see that actually. I that's better than what we had been getting. Well, I mean, it's it's promising to the veteran, you know. I mean, it's real promising. Uh, of course, now he's got uh, a little bit less than, I guess he's got about uh, about two years left in his job. Hopefully he'll stick with it, and uh, you know, because he's, anytime you bring a fresh set of eyes in the system from outside the system, uh you know, somebody that's running a big company and, uh, and knows, uh, you know, knows how to succeed. It makes it a lot easier. And, oh, uh, absolutely! Yeah, it does make it a lot easier. So that's a benefit to that. So we'll see. I mean, it's uh, the jury's still out, but so far so good. I I rate him pretty highly myself. I think he's doing a great job, and he might be the best we ever we've ever had as far as. Uh, well, let's hope he, he continues to uh, improve. Uh, uh, I think he's, he he has done some improvements there, uh, quite a bit uh, compared to what what we were getting. So uh, that that looks promising. Even some of these undersecretaries are doing stuff now that they've never done before. We've seen that. Yes. Yes, and that's, uh, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. You, you can't expect to reach him every time, but you can contact the undersecretaries and should be able to get some results from them. Yep, that's uh, true. But still, it rolls down here. Well, they're part of the team, so and they should do their jobs, too. Now, well, you know, if you're if you're sitting in a regional office, you get a phone call from an undersecretary of the VA or something like that. That's a you know, you're going to do what you can do to appease the boss. You know, you better uh, believe it. Uh, Congress passed the plan last year. Congress passed last year that uh, you know if they don't do their job, then the secretary can fire them. You seen that, didn't you? Yes, I did, and I'm glad to see it. Uh, they uh, they needed some some sort of recourse, uh, and I would like to see them even get uh, uh, a little bit more power over them. Evidently, there's such a long procedure in getting rid of someone. Uh, I'd like to see an investigation into some of these shotgun denials. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Uh I'd like to see. Uh, you know, as many denials get get overturned, and you know, uh, some 
overturned. And and then uh, that's because of some idiot. Yep. A poor veteran <clears throat> and his family. It's not only the veteran, it's his whole family stuck out there and, and uh, in limbo. And some of them with such disabilities, they, they're unemployable, actually. And uh, they're having to deal with uh, some idiots uh, trying to get get due process. And, and it's deplorable. Uh, mm-hmm. It shouldn't be that way. The VA was supposed to be uh, assisting a veteran, not... Uh, be detrimental to them. That's uh, kind of how everything evolved, Gerald. Social Security is supposed to be the same way too, and it's uh, you know they're assisting people with disabled and retirees. I mean, uh, you know, it takes a act of God to get Social Security claim through. Well, you're yeah. right. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's any disability right. system the same way. They're supposed to be. Uh, you know, uh, positive and things like that. I mean, you look at, we got laws and rules that you have to read, you know, that uh, shows they have to be uh, helpful to the veterans as far as that, you know, helping their claims. Uh, deny if you must, or prove if you can, deny if you must. It's supposed yeah. to be non adversarial. And But you have to realize, too, you send a veteran a, a denial letter and you tick him off, he's probably going to write you a letter back and chew you out. You know, and uh, that's you know that's kind of a knee jerk reaction, but uh, it happens. And uh, you know, I've seen I've seen attitudes and everything else. You all see some of the correspondence I have. You know, and uh, make accusations and put little words in there. Just to, they do it just to make you mad. <clears throat> of course, some of these folks that did this years ago, hopefully they're going to retire by now because. That was part of the old system. The old system was very detrimental because they would look at your claim and write down your claim was not well granted, denied. Just because yeah, they can. Uh, they they sure did, and uh, uh, boy, they was ordinary bunch. Uh, doggone it! It's all about money. It's all about it, money. It's about money, and and uh, look how many people they hurt. Look how many people, how many veterans have passed on, waiting yeah. on a claim. That's that's true. That's that's horrible. A VA and, claim, a VA service connection is like driving a bus on a racetrack with ten stops. You're going around the same yeah. racetrack, stop the same ten stops every day. It's a route. You stop at the stop, one gets off, one gets on. Yeah. Uh, Guys, it's not new money, okay? Uh, veterans die every day. It's 100%. Okay, of course, they've got survivor benefits coming out of that, but the remainder of the money probably goes back into the pot. So they'll take that and probably divide it up and give, give about 10 guys 10%. You understand, Gerald? That's a, yeah. Yeah, so that's they what it is. They lowball a lot up, so. Yep, it's all it's a bus. take care. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bus. It's a you know, it's a it's kind of like shared. It's kind of like shared wealth, you know. Well, you know, a guy hates say he's waiting for another veteran to die so he can get his benefits. That's uh, that's horrible. That's kind of a task, isn't it, to say that? But uh, Well, uh, it, it seems like it's a system they have set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, that's not good. That's kind uh, of they a... Should have, there should be plenty of money to, to fund veterans' uh, uh, disabilities because they got the money to fight these doggone wars. Uh, they should have the the money to take care of the veterans, that's supposed to be included in that. Uh, quick shout out. Guys, if you are service connected for any reason at all, you've got health insurance and you use the VA, um, and if you're denied a medication because of, uh, sometimes they, they do, like you have to get certain approvals to certain medications, 
those approvals are nothing based on cost only. Okay, that's that's what that, that's that's what they're based on. And uh, this is kind of out of the blue, but if you got health insurance and you've got a drug plan that pays that outside the VA, then you let them know that you've got insurance and medicine will be paid for anyways. And if they deny you the situation, they'll write your prescription. You go outside and get it. Uh, there are firms that you could utilize. As a matter of fact, I used one to get my uh, bone shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was... It was a grant. It's called Safety Net Foundation, and uh, uh, they're a great bunch of people. So, uh, you know, you can look them up there on the internet, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they'll they'll give you a grant to buy because, uh, as you know, some of these medications are quite expensive. And uh, 
Well, I want to thank you all for tuning in. And, John, I really appreciate you being here. And uh, uh, don't forget Haddit, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you utilize the Haddit website, please uh, chip in and and uh, hit that donate button here. Uh, uh, T-Bird's still having a little little hard time there keeping up with things. But she's uh, catching up. Uh, she said she she didn't think it'd be much longer and she'd be able to, to quit asking for help. So good deal. that's a good sign. That, she yeah, can help. Man. help. So uh, if you can help a little, please do. And, and uh, we appreciate you all, and uh, thanks for tuning in. So this will be Gerald Cook. John Stacy will be signing off for now. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bachelor Show.